This is the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today, Pastor Cheryl is preaching the power of one part two with a message on forgiveness. Unforgiveness is a dividing force to unity. If we want to be a church of one, we must choose to forgive one another. Are you ready to forgive, unite, and experience God's power flowing through our lives? We hope you enjoy this message. Pastor talked about one is the loneliest number as you heard that song. But the most powerful number is when a body comes together as one. I don't know if you've ever, like, some of you aren't sports fans. Are you, if you're sports fans, raise your hand. Okay, if you're a music fan, raise your hand. Okay, I can tell you this. When you, because I saw it yesterday, our little granddaughter Riley is right now in the state tournament. Um, in 12 minutes, she is going for first place. Their team is up for first place in state. She's a fourth grader and she's on a traveling team and a phenomenal. But these little girls came down the court and I'm watching them. And this girl, she is dribbling this little teeny one. She's dribbling this ball. And this other girl goes around like this. And this girl literally shook the girl, brought it back through her legs, did a bounce pass right through the middle. The girl came around, grabbed it, boosh up. And I was like, yes, yes. I mean, it was such perfection. It was such perfection that it was like, holy cow. How did those little girls learn that? I mean, you guys, they look like a bunch of pros. And I know it wasn't my granddaughter scoring that one, but let me tell you, they were pretty impressive. And that's what it is when all of us come together as one. There's nothing that can stop us as long as we get the picture that as long as we are together as one, we can do great things. But there is things that stop us, stop us from becoming one, especially in a small town like this. Let me tell you, in all the small towns around here, y'all know everybody's business. Y'all know everything about everybody. But let me tell you, the first step in becoming one in the body of Christ is to forgive It's to forgive as Christ has forgiven you. In Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is my first time doing these screens down here. So I'm used to flipping my Bible open, so you just bear with me. But you know what? Forgiving each other just as in Christ who God forgave you. I can tell you this, one thing I have noticed over the years is we all expect forgiveness to be given much when it comes to ourselves. We just don't expect much forgiveness given from us to others. And if we would start giving the same amount of forgiveness to others as we expect back, holy cow, would the world be a different place. In Ecclesiastes 7, 9, it says, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the laps of fools. You know, the word of God also says that even a fool who can keep his mouth shut is considered wise. You know that? Might not be the exact words, but it is in there. You can look it up. Forgiveness is simply the act of changing your attitude towards the offender. That sounds so easy. But let me tell you, stop I don't want you to dig up like, but if there's something right now going on that somebody has caused offense for you, it's changing your attitude. It doesn't matter how they treat you. One of the things that I always taught my kids, it doesn't matter how others treat you. You're not accountable to God for that. 
You are accountable to God for how you treat them, what your response is back to them. So it's a moving, so it's a moving from a desire to harm towards an openness to be at peace. A step in the direction of forgiveness is a decisive step towards happiness. It's clearly making that decision every day. I am going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to make that step forward. I'm going to say, you know what? They've hurt me, but I'm going to go forward. I will tell you that I had a lady that I worked with, and when I first, you know, I'd been working there for a couple of years before I got married at Metropolitan Medical Center, and she couldn't have children, and she'd been married a long time, and I said, yeah, they said I won't be able to have children either, and then we got married, and uh, eight months into the marriage, and I'm not feeling so good, and oh, you're pregnant, and I was like, wait a minute, you ran all those tests that said I can't get pregnant, what's this about? But I will tell you, that woman that I worked with that could not have a child, she ended up with so much resentment towards me. It was just out of her own hurt. It really wasn't against me. It was just, and so she tries to cause so much trouble at my job for me. But I had to make a decision every day. I'm going to go. I'm going to be as loving and kind as I can be. And I can tell you that with her influence, I was, I had come into the office at a certain level, and I'd already gone up to like the fourth level in the office, and if you want to say like six levels in the office, and I was at the fourth level working with her at, on a particular part of the job, and she had me bumped all the way back down to that first level. And I was like, every day going to that job was so miserable, and I just thought, I'm going to be the best file clerk they've ever had. I am just going to go. I'm going to put a smile on my face. And I made a decision to check my attitude. And I tell you, in no time at all, I not only advanced back again in the job, but I advanced way above so that it was the manager, assistant manager, and then a position they created for me where it was between Metropolitan Medical Center. I was the um, liaison, liaison between the actual doctors in the hospital. And it was like numerous steps above where she and I had been at. And she was still there at that spot. But it's a matter of walking and saying, I for, I'm not going to take that offense. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to choose to go every day and put a smile on my face. Was it easy? No, it was not easy. When you feel like you're being scrutinized nonstop simply because you know you're able to have a child and somebody else couldn't, that was her issue, but I couldn't hold on to like an unforgiveness towards her. Who would have hurt more from that? Me, me. Happiness in our relationships, happiness in our families, and happiness on our jobs, all that happens when we choose to walk in forgiveness. When researchers from Duke University listed eight factors that promote emotional stability, four of them related to forgiveness. The first one was avoiding suspicion and resentment. You know, it's kind of like, um, okay, for those that went to the marriage seminar thing and you saw the video that they played that Saturday morning, if you weren't there, it was hilarious. It, it showed a couple and the wife wakes up and she is furious with her husband. She's furious with him. And the reason why she's so mad at him is because she had a dream that he did something wrong in the dream. 
Did he do it in real life? No. Did he, had he, you know what I'm saying? No, he didn't. But it was a matter of that suspicion. She could walk around all day. I'm mad at you. I just suspect you're going to do this. You're going to, you know, how dumb is that? When we start letting things play out in our minds that aren't even reality. And so we need to not allow anything to creep in that causes us to start becoming suspicious and resentful or full of resentment. The second one is not living in the past. How many of you seriously like your past thrown up in your face all the time? Oh, there's some things, yeah, if they want to remember what a great tennis player I was in high school. <laughs> and if they want, man, yeah, I like that part of my past. Some of the other past things, no, thank you. But either way, we don't want to live in the past. Third one is not wasting time and energy fighting conditions that can't be changed. Okay, there are certain things that we are just never going to change. If you live in Wisconsin, there's going to be snow. There's going to be warm weather right now. And all of you are so thankful spring is here. I'm telling you, they don't close the trails to the end of March, so I'm counting on a good snowfall still. And so it's like, y'all are going, no, I don't like, it's like, come on, we can do it one more time. But really, is that something that I can control or that you can control? It's not. So why worry about and waste our energy fighting over things that can't be changed? This was the past. It's done. It's over with. The fourth one there is refuse to indulge in self-pity when handed a raw deal. Like I said, when that woman uh, really caused me to be handed a raw deal at my job, I could have been like, I'm going to go in every day. I am going to badmouth her to all the other women in the office. I am just going to make her life, you know what, right here on earth. I could have had a bad attitude like that. And where would it have gotten me? Would it have made me feel better about myself? Absolutely not. But by refusing to live in self-pity and just go, I'm going to rise above this. There's been a lot more serious things that have happened in our lives and in other lives. But it's making that choice to say, I want to do what's right. Health and happiness happens when forgiveness begins to flow. I cannot stress it enough. And I know that that's a pastor's heart is he wants so strongly for you all to get the message. If we are not forgiving one another, we can't go forward. We need to forgive. We need to forgive ourselves. That's one of the biggest things is people learning to forgive themselves. And then Matthew 6, 9 through 15, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Flip it, I know it by heart, but I know I'm going to mess it up. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I'm telling you, I don't know how much more plain you want it to say. Notice Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. And in that prayer, there's two parts that are so important about forgiveness. And you just heard them. The two parts of forgiveness is forgive us of our wrongs, our faults, and our failures. 
it's, it's like what I said, we expect all this forgiveness to us, but what are we going to give back? Let us forgive those who have wronged us. Do we want anything in our lives that would separate us from God? Not me. I don't. And in other words, Jesus says, not only do you not, or not only do you need to be forgiven, but you also need to forgive others. Verse 13 there said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Unforgiveness hardens the heart that leads us to temptations and wrongdoings. Excuse me. When we are unwilling to forgive, it stops the flow of the blessings of God in our life. Have any of you ever experienced that where you just can feel like all of a sudden there's something going on? And half the time, if you just stop and surrender yourself and say, Lord, what am I doing? Help me be held accountable. Like I said, you're not accountable for everybody else, but you are accountable to God for this person right here. Well, turn your finger towards you. You're not accountable for me. Accountable for yourselves. You cannot expect to be forgiven if you cannot forgive. And then in Mark eleven twenty three through 25, it says, Truly I tell you, if anyone tells or says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. I'll tell you in verse 23 and 24 there, Jesus Jesus shares with us the results of powerful prayer that can move mountains and see great miracles. I'm telling you, if we can just put our eyes and say, Lord, I truly want to forgive those around me because I want to see the things that I'm praying move mountains. And in verse 25, it says, is what prevents you from receiving the fullness of God is unforgiveness. And while we're speaking this morning, I just want you to be checking your own heart. Don't sit and check anybody else's heart around you. Women, don't you dare elbow your husbands and husbands, don't you dare elbow your wives. We're all supposed to be examining ourselves right now. Unforgiveness stops the flow of God's spirit in you and the blessings in heaven. And then John 13, 14 through 17, it says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set, I'm sorry, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I tell you, we did a thing at one of the women's retreats. I don't know if you guys were there at that one or not, but we bought a bunch of tubs and a bunch of brand new towels, and we washed one another's feet. And we said specifically, if there's been anything between you and somebody else, offer to wash their feet. Or if you just want to say, I love you, wash their feet. You see, back in those days, I mean, the feet, it's like the dirty, it's disgusting, it's like you're underneath the feet. It's like a number of years ago, you saw someone from that region take off a shoe and throw it at a political official. And the thing was, is because everything with the feet in that area is considered such an insult. 
And so when you stop and think about that, here Jesus was saying, I'll just, whatever I got to do, I'll wash your feet. Jesus shows us an example of forgiveness by washing a man's feet as a sign of cleansing and forgiving. We may not use a towel or a a basin, but we can use a heart full of forgiveness and love. Jesus says he will that we will be blessed if we do learn to forgive. And the blessings that come with forgiveness is one that we will be ourselves, that we will ourselves be forgiven. Our second is our hearts will be softened. Third, our attitudes will change from anger to love. Fourth, the fullness of God is restored in us. Let me tell you, my husband's got the next point there is the dreaded walk to forgiveness. Decide what you need to forgive and get, spe get specific. Don't beat around the bush. Okay, so here is an example that I was kind of surprised that my husband wrote this down um, because this isn't something that I've said, so I've kind of wondered, where did he hear this from? But here's the deal. is women, you might talk to women and say, oh, my husband, he's such a jerk. Okay, that statement doesn't say what the problem is. But to turn around and say, he promised to leave his work at work and be more attentive at home. So if you go to your spouse, if you go to your friend or whatever, you can't just say, well, you've been a jerk lately. You, you just, you got to be more specific. And you got to say, this is what, this is what is hurting me. This is why I'm hurting. Ask yourself, and that's the question you ask yourself. Why is, why does it hurt? Why is what they're doing against you hurt? Is it because it makes you feel betrayed, ignored, or isolated? I don't know any of you that really like to be betrayed, ignored, or isolated. I can tell you, I am, besides my husband being sick and us running all over this week with a new grandbaby and other things going on, um, I have our 20-month-old granddaughter, Presley, with me here today. And I did not know if she would end up going in the nursery or not. She normally won't do something like that, so I'm really proud of her for doing that this morning because I was thinking that she was going to be sitting here at my feet this morning. And she, um, but she does this thing. So like whenever her parents have gone out of town and I've babysat her and then her mom and dad come back in town. So like one time she was sitting in her high chair and her mom and dad come in the house and they're like, Presley. <laughs> and she can hold that for a long time. <laughs> I'm like, Presley, look at mommy and daddy. We love you. <laughs> and I'm telling you, she can pull it on strong. And stuff. And it just about ripped Kristen's heart out. Her daughter-in-law said, baby, mommy loves you. <laughs> but how many of us are doing the same thing? We're going, she's not speaking to you right now. What is that old... Speak to the hand. Oh, Lord, don't even ask my daughter what happened when she did that one time. <laughs> Speak to the hand. I said, Excuse me? What? Ask her if she ever did it again. <laughs> no, ma'am. Not in my house. <laughs> I can find you a real good foster home. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> but, uh, I'll be better. I won't make Heidi live in her past. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it is so funny because really seriously, none of us like to be ignored. None of us like to be treated like, you know, you can feel it. I don't care what anybody says. You walk into a room and they're... Ah, oh, I just want to walk over and go, what were you saying? Don't you want to just do that? I mean, let's just be real. I just want to go over and go, was like, was that about me or you just, whatever. And it's like, is somebody like paranoid then or not? We worked for a pastor and his wife for a while. And she said she couldn't watch football on TV. And we were like, what? Why can't you watch football? And she goes, well, I, I just have a problem with every time they get in the huddle. And I'm like, well, what's wrong when they get in the huddle? She goes, I'm sure they're talking about me. <laughs> Honey. And so some of it, we bring on ourselves. We bring on all this ourselves because we start putting our frame of mind, we let our mind start going back to that first point that Pastor had in his notes about being suspicious. And we start creating situations when there isn't a situation. We need to avoid suspicion and resentment. We start saying, oh, they picked her to do that again. Oh, did you notice that Pastor Andrew has the lead voice on that song? He's the worship leader. There you go. Enough said. Not that anybody said that. I'm just using you as an example because you know I like to give you a hard time, Andrew. Andrew, I love this kid so much, and I believe in him. And aren't we blessed to have him and Becky here? We are so blessed. But I love to tease Andrew so much. And he gets where he's like, is she serious or was she just kidding me? Every time, every time. Katie and I were, I know this off the subject, but Katie and I were at the back of the sanctuary, and Andrew comes out of his office, which is at the front of the old sanctuary. He comes out, he's walking, he goes walking past, and he gets outside the sanctuary doors, and I go, excuse me, where are you going? <laughs> Stops dead in his tracks. To the bathroom? Did you need anything? And I go, no, it's okay, go ahead. No, no. He goes, if you need something, no, it's all right, go ahead. And so he leaves, he goes to the bathroom, and Katie, I look, and we're like, ah. Poor Andrew. We were like rolling, rolling. So I am really glad that Andrew can take it and that he can just be funny and he knows that we love him. But see, for some people, they would stop and go, they're always teasing me. They're always pulling something on me. They are always, and it's like, you know what? Some things we have to learn to just let it go. Seriously, let it go. And just look at things as, Enjoy the ride. Enjoy life. The other thing there is do your best to find the answer before you take it out on your offender. There's one thing that I could go to somebody and say, well, you've been kind of acting crabby with me lately. Is there an issue here? Is, is there, you know, and I got to tell you, this recently happened. I was praying and going, Lord, am I supposed to go to this person? And all of a sudden this person came and they started sharing with me, man, I've been going through this lately. It had nothing to do with me. So that's one of the things that we've got to stop ourselves from instantly going, oh, it has something to do with me. It's not all about you. You know, the next one there is take it to Jesus. 
No one will ever love you more than he does. Talk to Jesus about the offense until the anger has subsided. God gave me a scripture verse a long time ago. I'm horrible with addresses. Look it up. You can Google it. It says, I'm sure it's the King James Version that says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So the thing is that when we become angry and we respond in anger, it doesn't do any good. It doesn't do any good. Like I said, take it to Jesus. Tell your offender. Simply explain the offense and the way it makes you feel. Now, I want to encourage you on this. You can go and say, Mark, you offended me by blah, 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 blah. And it made me feel this way. And Mark can be like, what are you talking about? And he can say, Cheryl, I never meant it that way, da, da, da. I can tell you what my responsibility is then. This is my responsibility. I went to Mark, cleared it up, had nothing to do with me. Now it's my responsibility. Why am I being so oversensitive? Why am I being suspicious or thinking something's wrong? Why am I, what is going on in me that I need to stop and go, stop being so, having your feelings out here getting hurt so easy? We need to forgive one another, but we also need to make sure we're not putting our garbage on somebody else. Do you know what I'm saying? So pray for your offender Matthew 5.44 says, pray for those who persecute you. Prayer reveals any lingering grudge. If you keep praying over the situation, saying, Lord, if there's anything left there. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to have to go back to somebody and say, I still kind of feel like there's something here. Or maybe God's telling you just to leave it alone. Uh, conduct a funeral. You know, what do you mean conduct a funeral? Bury the offense means you're moving on with life. And I've seen people literally do this. Get that bonfire going, write your offenses on pieces of paper and throw them in the bonfire and just say, done, done. I'm not going to bring it up again. I'm not going to say this again. I'm not doing this again. If you want to be a church, if we want to be a church of one, we must forgive each other. Oneness starts by throwing down our stones Let's be that church. I can tell you right now that, like I said when we started, in a small community, y'all don't know this about a small community because you live in the cities where somebody, you know, honk your horn, you keep driving. Here it's a little different. <laughs> it can make a difference on whether you the, they're going to fix your tire or tell you wait a couple weeks. <laughs> but just kidding. Um, but the thing is, is that, there's a lot of differences. I can tell you, we have grown to just love, absolutely love being in a small community. But let me tell you, if we all come together as one, there is nothing that can stop us. Just like when I started talking, I don't know if you've ever seen that perfect play. I mean, have you ever seen the movie, The Perfect Game? It's about the little Hispanic team that came over clear back in, I don't know if that was the 50s or the 60s, for, do you remember what year that was that they came over? And they came over and they competed in the Little League uh, playoff games, and they ended up winning. But at the, at the very end, they are throwing, the guy is running, it's, um, he's running to first base, and 
I don't even remember where the first baseman went, but the catcher was running from behind him and they tossed the catcher the ball and the guy running to first base doesn't even see that the catcher catches the ball and touches him on the back and calls him out. And later on, they said, the guy compliments the coach and he said, that was perfect coaching. And he said, the coach said to the young kid, what made you think to do that? And he said, the perfect play at the most unexpected time. And so something on that line. So the thing is, is that be ready to be unexpectedly forgiving of everybody. That when they don't expect to see you being forgiving, that you say, I forgive you. Because let me tell you, I know what God wants to do in this church and through this church in the surrounding communities. God wants to do great things. Don't you agree with me on that? But it can only be done as we all continue to becoming one. And so I want to actually encourage you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward and do this. I'm going to ask you to just take time in your seats and just pray and say, Lord, if there's somebody here that I need to ask to forgive me or if I've held offense against them, I, I got to tell you, it sounds so easy, but it's not. We need to be willing to just say, Lord, I just choose to forgive I want to forgive and I want to go forward. And so I want to encourage you as they play this song to just seek your heart. And then after that, Pastor Andrew's just going to close out in a word of prayer at the end of this song. You can go ahead and stand. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give. Thank you for your generous donation.